I need new music. Discover new music now. JJO. What's up, Madison? This is Chris Kale. Discover Five Finger Death Punch. Brand new stuff now on JJO. Joining me, uh, a fellow that really needs no introduction, but I'm going to tell you just so we can do that weird transition thing. Zoltan Bateri from Five Finger Death Punch. Zoltan, how are you, my friend? I'm great, man. Super excited. You know, a couple of days away from the tour, a couple of days away from the new record. So this is this is the time, you know, when this is Christmas for us. And <laughs> we got to open the presents, you know what I mean? That's so this, right. is the, this is the time. <laughs> you guys got those tinglies, those pre-album, pre-tour tinglies, I'm sure, going on. Well- oh, yeah. <laughs> you know it 100%. I mean, it really feels like that. You know, something that you work really hard on. You know, you put your... Your 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 time, your soul, everything in it, and then and then you're about to give it to the fans. I mean, this is really you know that time for us. Fans. Well, uh, if it, it makes, all comes, this is why we do it, you know. If it makes you feel any better, we also have those pre-album and tour tinglies for Five Finger Death Punch. I can feel it. I can feel it down <laughs> deep. So we're good. We well, are tingling you. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> it's a good tingle. Well, yeah, you brought you you led me right into the first thing we got to talk about is the new album Afterlife. August 19th, it'll be the ninth Five Finger Death Punch album. What to you is the key behind the staying power of Five Finger Death Punch and why we're here nine albums later? You know, it's, I think I think it's it's because this is what we always wanted to do. You know, this is, this is something that, you know, us kids, you know, when I was a kid, <laughs> I promised myself, one day I'm going to go to America, you know, and when I was 12 years old kid, right? I'm going to go to America, I'm going to play guitar, and I'm going to in this rock band and I'm going to tour the world and you know that was the dream we never gave up on the dream so that's the you know and every single one of us in the band sort of have the similar story mm-hmm. and once you know once this band once we got our foot through the door we got our first record deal we never took it off the gas pedal so that's one of from the band's perspective you know we spent 200 plus days on the road every year you know and just banging out albums after albums you know every two years or so so we are here at the ninth album. So we were we were working as hard as humanly possible, and beside that, you know, we had this connection with the fans from day one. You know, in fact, that's how this band got signed in the beginning. That you know, back in the days when MySpace was the center of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, we put up a couple of songs, and and it, the Fighting and That Bunch became the most downloaded you know band at the time, um, passing all the at the time major label bands, and so. That's how people and record labels start to, you know, pay attention to us. Like, who is this band? You know, how, how the hell these bands are, you know, <laughs> this band is getting this much attention. But see what happened. It's, we, we did that with that record label. That was pure connection between us and the fans. Mm-hmm. And we never forgot that, you know. So, so for us and our fans, this is really a try. Yeah. And it's very obvious. I mean, you know, you know it. You've been around us for, for long enough. You come out to the five thing in that one show, you know that this is not just, a regular show. This is a get together. This is a, this is a tribe. This is really a family, you know. And and I think mm. that's why. Uh, I, I love that answer. And and you took me way back with the term MySpace. I haven't heard that in quite some time, Zoltan. So that was a nice <laughs> blast from <laughs> <Yeah>, the past. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, the new album Afterlife uh, again dropping August nineteenth. Uh, I was looking at the track listing, and it's got some amazing uh, titles on there. Do you have maybe a, a favorite song on the album, one that really stands out for you? 
Uh, well, it's, 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 see, this is the thing, you know, when it's like, which one is your favorite kid? You know, like you can't really, you know, you can't, while well, somebody's getting upset if you, if you, if you answer that, right? So, so it, you know, this is the thing about this record. It's, it's, when we went to the studio on this one, we, we actually didn't really want to record a new album, right? Mm-hmm. Because F8, the previous album, we were really proud of, just came out and it did great, but, you know, it was kind of T-boned by this the pandemic right mm-hmm. so we didn't really get to tour on that and at one point we realized like man we don't know how long this whole thing gonna take so might as well we just go back to the studio but that created this scenario for us when there was no deadline right and we were like it's gonna take as long as it's gonna take you know mm-hmm. and we just we just gonna it's, and it's a ninth album so at this point i guess we can record whatever the hell we want people know <laughs> our sound they we established who we are so we can really experience experiment and and that's what came out of this record where, you know, I think we, we just, it was real artistic freedom of let's just do whatever. And so all the songs are somehow connected because of that. Hmm. In fact, in some way, it almost became a concept album because we're talking about, you know, various uh, paradigm shifts just that are happening in the world right now, I think spiritually, mentally, you know, intellectually. So that's, uh, that's what the album is revolving around. I, I can't really pick one one song because every one of them are special. There are, however, some songs that I think will surprise people. Like Judgment Day is very different from what we ever recorded. You know, mm-hmm. that song is it sounds super different, but but <laughs> in the same time, you know, it's five finger that punch when you hear it. You know. It. I love it. Yeah, I was looking at the track listings and things like Roll Dim Bones, Blood and Tar. I mm-hmm. think we're in for one hell of a treat. Uh, obviously, that's coming August 19th, so uh, make you uh, make sure you mark it down. And then you can see the full track listing right there. Now, you brought up something that was interesting with this album, and I, and I wanted to get your take on that, because even seasoned veterans like Five Finger Death Punch, you kind of had to re- plant yourself with the pandemic and where you're at. Did that take a little bit to get used to having that freedom there? Well, you know, when I, when I say that we, we, we had to replant ourselves, right? Like what, what really happened is for us, especially for me, you know, it was a, it was a shocking time because on, on various way, one of the things is that we were forced into this break, right? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, as I said, I, I, I stepped on a gas pedal when I was 12 years old and I so so I never, took my feet off right <laughs> this was foot off and this, so this was the first time when i had to so there was this shock factor of like whoa just the world just stopped mm-hmm. you know and i was I, I almost felt guilty like i couldn't you know just sit in my pool and just like <laughs> okay well i guess we just sit home because i felt guilty of not working you know mm-hmm. i was I, I felt really literally like whoa what i'm doing now what you know and it took me a second to calm down like why hold on no other band is out there working, so nobody's going to outwork you. Mm-hmm. But then it sort of, you know, then it sort of, sort of evolved into this, this whole thing. When I'm looking at the world, when everybody, you know, the whole world sort of, you know, got out of the hamster wheel for a second and started thinking about, like, well, you know, you, you didn't go to work. I mean, there was a segment of, of society that had to, obviously, that, you know, that... Mm-hmm. that the people, the nurses, everybody who, who were in that segment of society experienced a different way of what mm-hmm. happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But people who had to stay home, and it's a, a lot of people, they, they, they had this shock of, 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 you know, what are we doing, you know? Mm-hmm. What's really happening here as a society, right? Um, I get up in the morning, I drive to work, you know, so I can make money so I can pay for the car I bought so I can drive to work, mm-hmm. you know? 
those thoughts start to come up to people. Companies, uh, you know, drop their headquarters, drop their offices because they start to realize, like, do we really need this? People mm-hmm. can work from home. So it's kind of shook up everything and every one in various ways and what life means and what's important and what isn't and how fragile society is and, mm-hmm. and the infrastructure that we thought, like, solid can collapse in days. And, you know, so all, all those things, I think, scramble the world and, and and simple simply because of that, I think people start to have this this awakening of of, of thinking about life differently, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that's kind of what I meant. Like there is a paradigm shift coming. There is a there, people just in, 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 and I'm talking about from the existential perspective of, mm. of humans are as beings on this planet. What are we really doing? What's important? What's not important? You know. And and so that's what I meant by a paradigm shift. And mm-hmm. as for the the you know, as for the the freedom for us, that was more like that was more like the combination of this is our ninth record. We are well established who we are and 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 what we do, and and the fact that we didn't really have a deadline and we didn't really you know we didn't really have a solid idea like oh we have to do a record mm. i just was kind of like well let's just play let's just have fun you know <laughs> that was different what's up everybody this is ivan moody hey guys this is chris kale zoltan battery a five finger death punch you're listening to madison solid rock 94 one jj Solid Rock 94.1 KJO. It is Discover New Music. Joining me, Zoltan Batari from Five Finger Death Punch. I did want to say, uh, or at least find the correlation, because you're extremely involved in martial arts. Like, you can throw down. Uh, does that help you on the road? Does that training kind of make your body prepared for that rigorous Five Finger Death Punch schedule? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, actually, usually I break my body <laughs> in these martial arts situations. So it, it, you know, when I'm coming on stage, I'm usually limping or I have a broken rib actually because of martial arts. So, so you know, it's, a, it, it, it's preparing me to, you know, when, I, when you see me doing guitar faces, right? Like, I'm, you know, I'm grinding my teeth and, you know, you saw those, see these guitar faces. It's probably I'm just in pain, you know? So, so people are like, look at that. He's really enjoying that guitar. No, man, I have a broken rib. <laughs> yeah, I got that from the fight but, the week before. Exactly. Right, 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 right. But you no, know, look, it's like I, it's being a martial artist. It's, it's kind of the thing where you know, martial art is not something you do. You become a martial artist. There's a big difference, right? Because it's it's the same thing. Like you know, like if you can fight, you go to you know, if you can fight, that does not make you a martial artist. If you live by the code, if you live by the martial art principles, and adopt that to your all your life, then you become a martial artist. And and it helps me that way, that I have the philosophy. In fact, I believe that I became successful because I started martial arts when I was nine years old. And my philosophy, you know, how I look at life was always through those goggles, that martial arts philosophy, you know? And so in that way, absolutely uh, a massive advantage in my opinion, you know? Yeah. When, when you, you, you learn certain things, like, you know, if I go out and fight, I compete since I was a little kid, right? There's still today, this, I compete in jiu-jitsu. And, you know, when we walk out on the mat, it's like, if you're another guy, you know, is this going to happen right now? So it kind of trains you, like, we ha- you have to deal with conflict and if, immediately and on the spot, right? So if you take that and put it in, you know, and you apply it to real life, 
and you start to do those things, these principles of like, well, whatever happens, you're not going to just, you know, sort of sweep it under the rug. You will deal with it when it happens, right? Good habits. Then the second thing of any kind of, you know, any kind of situation you get yourself into as a martial artist, let's say I get caught in a choke or an arm bar, something, something unfortunate, right? Mm -hmm. Number one, don't accept the position. Because if you accept an unfavorable position, that's where things start to crumble. Now, take that out to normal you know, life. That's what happens. People accept a job, a relationship, something that is friendships that are okay, but not great. Don't accept it. Don't accept it. Accept the best. Don't accept anything so far because that's when things start to crumble and that's where your troubles will start if you accept it, right? So these are all martial arts principles that I'm bringing over to real life. And then and then on a more advanced level, if you got in, caught in the, that arm bar or in that, you know, choke, mm-hmm. you know, I have to get out of it. I can't give up, right? So it's a good habit of whatever is happening, even if it looks bad, there's a way out. And I'm going to fight for that way out. And then when you get really good at it, then you're going to look at it. It's not just I'm going to fight my way out of this, but I'm going to use it as my advantage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you bring that over to life and out of a sudden, Sometimes something happens to you that you would that you would view as it's negative, it's bad, or you know it's, it's disadvantages, and then you start to look at these things like, well, how do I turn this around and make it make it to, into an advantage? And and your mind start to think that way. Your mind automatically you know process everything in that manner. So when the adversity happens, you immediately like, okay, how do I beat it? How do I make it to my advantage? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't even give yourself time to, you know, to moan about it. Like, oh man, this happened to me. You know, yeah. that's a martial artist mind, and I think that's massively helped me, you know, in in my career and run with the band, running this band, and you know, and doing everything is is pretty much run on run on martial principles. I, I love it. I love that philosophy, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. To go along with that. Uh, I do, since you are an expert in the martial arts, was Daniel LaRusso's kick illegal at the end of the Karate Kid when he did the the crane kick, right? That was an illegal kick to the head, wasn't it? Oh, you know what? I don't, actually, I don't, I don't, I never saw that. Oh, man, okay, well, next. Yeah, no, I'm not, I tell you the truth, I'm not a karate kid, you know. Oh, man, I was hoping to get, to to get your ex- well, if you get a chance, maybe just watch it and get back to me on if or not mm-hmm. if it was okay. an illegal kick yeah. or not, because you'd be the only one that would know. Uh, well, hey, I really appreciate the time. Before I let you go, let's hit it one more time. The new album, Afterlife, out August nineteenth. You're hitting the road. You got some big hitters with you: The Who, Megadeth, and more. Five Finger Death Punch bringing it to us. Can we do rapid fire real quick, and then I'll send you on the way. Yes, 100%. Uh, beautiful. All right, so there's no wrong answers on this. You just go with what's in your heart, and we'll see uh, if we can get to learn you a little bit better. All right, first things first. Would you rather fly anywhere at 5 miles per hour or run anywhere at 100 miles an hour? Ooh, run anywhere at 100 miles an hour. Whew, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But I've, you're probably fit yeah, enough but to do it. I, I, you know, I get there faster. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, hot dog or chili dog? Uh, I'm going to go with Chili Dog. Smart man, smart man. Uh, would you rather see the Loch Ness Monster or uh, Bigfoot? Ooh, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Bigfoot. 
Now you're from Hungary. You were bo- born in Hungary. D- does does Hungary uh-huh. is there any Hungarian like mythological beasts that we need to know about that you know of? Uh, no, not really. There we we had this this the 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 deer or the yeah the deer with the golden antlers. Like we have this this, this magical deer that that led the Hungarians, the Huns, basically uh-huh. into the the land that Hungary o- occupies today. So that was that's that's like an old legend. Huh. But not huh. really, yeah. Uh-huh. Not like an El Chupacabra down in Mexico, a little bit different than that. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not aware of any, you know, like, I'm trying to become that the thing. I'm trying to become the monster, you know. Like, <laughs> that's right, that's right. I, I can be the legend. <laughs> okay, uh, would you uh, rather fight a three-foot-tall Mike Tyson in his prime, all right, so like 20-year-old, three-foot-tall Mike Tyson, or... A ten foot tall Queen Elizabeth in like her eighties. Well, I mean, I'm not going to fight a woman because here's the thing: if you win, you know you lose because you beat up a woman, right? If you if you get beat, you know if you get beaten, then a woman beats you up. So you, there is no winning. So this is going to be Mike Tyson. I mean, I'm going to go with logic here. I, I like Logically. It. Mike Tyson. <laughs> You're going to take on the three-foot Mike Tyson. I love it. Awesome. I, I will, yes. I'm, I'm, you know what? The problem with that, though, is very dangerous because just think about it. If, if he is three-foot tall and he just does a straight punch, where that's going to land? You're done. You're done. Oh, man. I, it's right in there, right? right? I don't want that punch from Mike Tyson, man. Right in the beanbag. <laughs> Lastly, uh, obviously. Right in the jewels. Right in the jewels for Mike Tyson. That's worse than getting your ear bit. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Erno Rubik's was the inventor of Rubik's Cube. The Rubik's Cube. He's yes. from Hungary. Uh, have you uh-huh. ever completed a Rubik's Cube done by the Hungarian uh, architect Erno Rubik? Yes, actually, you know that that was a, that was a proud moment in in, in some way, you know, for, for Hungarians. But he, that 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 Erno Rubik, that's his, his name in Hungarian. Invented this, you know. Little story about that. You know that when he invented that cube, he was trying to. Hungary was still like a socialist communist sort of country at the time, and and he was taking it all over the country, and everybody just laughed at him. And then he actually had to take it to uh, to England to to get that made. Really? So you know, yeah, everybody literally turned him away. Like, yeah, that this is stupid, and then this, you know. And so, because there is no private sector, or at the time there was no private sector in my country. You can't really just go to the co- a company to make this. Every company, every toy company that could have made it was owned by the government, right? Oh. And so once the government says, like, yeah, this is stupid, then, then it's never going to happen. So he had to go, you know, I think he went to Matchbox or Mattel or one of those companies yeah. to, to actually make that, yeah? And that's how he got it. I just peel the stickers off and put them on the right way because I can never figure them out. I mean, so much. smart man, see what I mean? <laughs> I mean <laughs> Exactly. And it's one way or another. You just you're a task oriented. That's it doesn't right. No matter how you get You'll there. Get it. Hey, uh, I like that. They're very martial artists of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, humoring me, Zoltan. You are uh, just such a great guy, and we cannot wait. The brand new album, Afterlife, from Five Dig- Five Finger Death Punch, August nineteenth. Go get it, and then go see him on tour. Uh, I appreciate it, and 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 we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you. Absolutely, and I'm going to see you in December, so this is happening. Oh, let's get it. Let's get it. I'll have a Rubik's Cube waiting for you, all right? All right. (laughs) All right, we'll see you, man. Thank you. This is the JJO Discover New Music Podcast. Listen, rate, share, subscribe. Discover new music now 
at WJJO.com, in the JJO app, or wherever you get your podcasts.